Hello and welcome to the Gaming Cog Podcast, where we beat games old and new, then analyze them here on the show. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host Christian. Hello, but for, what was that? What were you? What were you saying? The gaming what? We're, we're gonna keep it PG thirteen. Which is just PG Gaming Cog. Okay, Cog, gotcha, C-O-G. gotcha. What are we? What are we playing today, Austin? Legend of Zelda from eighteen sixty two. Eighteen sixty two. Excuse yes. me came out during the civil war <laughs> uh no it came out in 1986 for the famicom yep. disc system in japan it came out a year later for the was nes it really one year i thought it was like yep, two or three the or nes like that, in yeah. uh in america and fun fact at least according to this website um it didn't come out for the nes like cartridge based nes yeah. uh in japan until 1994 Makes sense. I mean, because they had the disc system over there, and the disc system allows you to have extra music, um, save files without battery backup, all different kinds of things. So, yeah, I guess there's no real reason to have it on the disc or on the cartridge over there until they realized that the disc system was going to, you know, die. I feel like they probably (laughs) realized that before 1994. I mean, maybe, but... So many people, because the disc system was fairly popular, not very, fairly popular over in Japan, from what I rem, uh, remember hearing from, like, YouTube videos and things. Because they even had that whole system where you could, like, take your, your Famicom disc cartridge into, like, shops, and it would, you could just pay, like, a smaller fee, and it would write a new game onto your disc for you, and things like that. Like, oh, that's interesting. So there were whole, like, vending machines and everything. Yeah, because they, they were just floppy discs, so they were completely rewritable. So you could just take it into a shop, put it in the vending machine, pay like half as much as you would for a cartridge game, and it would just re-write uh, over your your game. Huh. It never came uh, to America, did it? The disc system? No. No, not at all. Hmm. Nope. They put a port on the bottom of the NES so they could, in theory, do that, but no, nah, never came over. Interesting. Well, well, we had it on the good old NES, and now the switch and about a thousand consoles in between yeah pretty much everything nintendo at this point so uh story-wise i guess i'll hop into that see how i have the official book and it has a lot more so uh it being an old game uh for anyone who doesn't know uh, if you hop right into it uh you get a uh a bit of text in the beginning but it doesn't really flesh out anything uh most of everything's in the manual as is the map Yep. and most of the details so and not uh, even a full map of note it only gives you a partial map in the manual even oh lovely um so yeah so yeah so uh it takes place in the age of chaos if that doesn't sound dramatic enough um you're in a little kingdom called hyrule which is a brand new yeah. kingdom sure nobody's ever heard of 19, that before 1986 that was fresh <laughs> <clears throat> um and there's these things called the Triforces, which hold a lot of power, but you never heard of those either. Yeah, uh, nope, And never. one day, this little pigman called Ganon decided to attack uh, this castle, which had the Triforces. And, uh, what? Yeah. No, 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 you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I must say. And uh, he sought out to take the Triforces for himself, and he did. He took the Triforce of Power mm-hmm. and Princess Zelda. Uh, escaped if i recall and she had the uh, triforce of wisdom they don't mention the other triforce do they the triforce of courage i don't think so technically the only one they mention at all unless it's in the little blurb in the beginning the scrolling text the only one they mention at all is the triforce of uh power um 
right? And then you collect. Is the Triforce the a Courage? Is that is the, the one you're collecting? No, it's Wisdom is what you collect. Cause, so it's uh, Zelda's that you're collecting? Yeah, Zelda breaks up the Triforce of Wisdom. So Ganon Yeah, I'll be honest. It. Okay, so kind of like he said, there isn't really any story in the game once you get in the game. The only story is a tiny bit of text in the beginning before you start. It, and I'll admit, I don't remember what the fuck it says. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it follows the tropes of most 80s games. Uh, the princess gets captured. Uh, you gotta do shit to go save the princess. That's pretty much... Yeah. It, it's, it's... Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Zelda breaks up the Triforce Wisdom into eight pieces, scatters them to the most inconvenient places. Um... Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, she gets imprisoned. She sends out, um... Come on, you got the book in front of you. You got this. <laughs> I have the book. I have the wiki page up. Uh... Okay, so she has her trustworthy <laughs> nursemaid Impa, who makes many more appearance, appearances, to uh, secretly escape into the land to find a man with enough courage. Uh, apparently, Link is already like a badass in this timeline because he uh, just magically strolls upon Impa, about to get like fucked, um, and Link comes and saves her life, and she <clears throat> has him go find the uh eight pieces of the triforce yeah. to go save princess zelda so he can be a bigger badass and destroy pigman ganon and that's pretty much the story uh most probably like 90 percent of the people who play it probably never even gave a fuck about any yeah, of that so it really doesn't matter for this game this game's really all about just being dropped into the world and exploring it's all about exploring you're dropped in you have nothing but a shield there's a cave up to the north like that you can see and that's it um yeah, and that's that's the Legend of Zelda, the original. Yep, that's the Excuse end of the me, podcast. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah. So you're just dropped in there, and then you you're, you're given this whole big world, which was a huge thing at the time because that wasn't really a thing back then, right? Everything was not like handholdy or anything, game. but yeah, it was like the first open world game, basically. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were like some RPGs and things at the time. I but mean, this was e the first like accessible. ET was pretty open world, wasn't it? I don't want to, not even, gonna. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, so you, you get dropped down in there, and then you, you, uh, you, most people can pick up the sword, because, I mean, it's a cave right there, so most people end fun, up doing that, going to the cave and picking quick, up the sword. Quick tidbit, fun fact, uh, that sword wasn't, that sword was automatically equipped until, uh, something to do with the test players, and the director, uh, took it away. I think really? the test players like pissed him off or something. Oh <laughs> no! I think he wanted like test players to. I could be completely wrong because I, I came across it somewhere. Um, I don't have it up right now. I think he wanted the test players to kind of explore a little bit more. Okay. Um, and for people who haven't played, you don't actually need the sword until the very end. Honestly, it's going to be a pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, you is don't it really possible need the sword. to collect like the magic sword or master sword before? You have, um, like, your normal sword? I think so, because you only need, what, like, five five uh, heart containers to get the the first upgraded sword. But I don't know if you need the sword as a, like, pre-request. Pre yeah, um, no, I, I don't know, honestly, the requirement. Like, how yeah, many hearts? You can, I know there is one, but... Yeah, I know it's... I think it's five for the first one, and I want to say eight or nine for the second one. But So um, for anybody who has never played a Zelda game before, they're... The Master Sword is the only one that really stuck around hardcore, um, but there are sword upgrades you can get, and each one, I think, does twice as much damage as the one before it, give or take. Um, 
And that's really what this game is all about, right? You just explore the map, find the dungeons, explore the dungeons, get items and upgrades, and just progressively get a little bit stronger. Instead of like classic RPGs where your whole goal is to level up, Zelda is all about getting more and more weapons. And the only thing you ever like stat-wise increase is your maximum health. And the uh, the interesting thing about so yeah, like like you said, it it's more about like exploring, getting weapons and items. But the interesting thing is you almost need none of them to beat the game. It's if you stumble upon a dungeon, you can beat most of them without. There's there's a lot of extra items that you honestly yeah, there really don't is, actually yeah. need. Because um, for the boss battle, all that it takes to kill ganon is your sword it could be any sword mm-hmm. it could be the starting sword and a silver arrow to yeah finish him off and that's so it you do well, have i mean you to need the, the silver arrow yeah you have to okay. have the silver arrow to i wasn't positive if he did or not i couldn't remember but <clears throat> yeah um, okay so yeah so they do have a lot of extra extra items that you necessarily don't need um so this game but really yeah. pioneered a lot of stuff, though. It pioneered kind of the modern open-world format, right, where you can go anywhere, do things out of order and things like that. It was the first big game in that aspect. Um, it, uh, of course, created the whole Zelda universe, which is, you know, one of the biggest game universes out there now, one of the biggest game franchises. Um, it set a it, lot of uh, tropes for them to use for about 30 years, including Breath of the Wild. Honestly, out of all the Zelda games, this one... As odd as it sounds, probably closely resembles Breath of the Wild the most in an odd kind yeah, of Yeah, honestly. They uh, they even took the this game, at, well, Breath of the Wild. They took Breath of the Wild and basically created like how the physics and things work. But instead of putting it straight into a big 3D world, they instead put it into uh, the NES style game, right? They used the graphics and the, the way the screen moves around and the way the top-down view and all of that but just added new physics to it to see if the Breath of the Wild would be fun and all of the mechanics they were coming up with. And then they made this big, expansive 3D world and all of that. So they even went back to the original Legend of Zelda to help give them some inspiration, I'll say, for the for the new game, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember reading that a while back. Uh, it just, yeah, it's a lot easier to put it in a 2D, easy-to-make-graphically game to see if it's going to yeah, be plus, fun or I mean, not. People have been saying for so long that they miss the old school way of Zelda, right? They miss being just dropped into a world and given the chance to explore and find things for themselves. Whereas the newer games up until Breath of the Wild were very handholdy for a long time, right? You would drop Definitely. in, you would be guided from spot to spot, you would be given items, every secret was marked on a map for you essentially. like So they really tried to go back to a different way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so this uh, this game definitely set up a lot of a lot of reoccurring uh, enemies, uh, equipment, Zelda getting fucked left and right, uh, Ganon yeah. reoccurring almost in every single game, uh, Link, well, reoccurring in every single game. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I think but, technically, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but. I believe in Wind Waker, it wasn't actually Link, right? It wasn't actually the reincarnation of him? Uh, I want to say that might be a theory, but I'm not 100% sure that's... I'm not positive either. Like I said, correct theory. me if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening out there, but I think that might be a thing. But there's all kinds of Zelda theories, left and right. But yeah, so there's a lot of reoccurring uh, items you'll see. Themes uh, and items, some, yeah. Yeah, there's some 
ones that you don't see again. Um, I don't recall the rings coming back. They could. I haven't played a lot of the 2D yeah. Zelda games, so they it's, might make a... I don't think the rings themselves come back. Instead, you get new tunics, which is essentially yeah. what the rings did in this game anyways. Whenever you got the ring, it changed your tunic as well. So I think they just kind of got rid of the whole ring thing and instead just had it be a tunic. Right? Yeah, but the but the rings the rings made it so you took less damage, whereas like in the 3D games, the tunics just helped you like envir- environmentally. Well, in uh, uh, Link to the or not Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, yeah, but I'm pretty sure in some other Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, you just switched uh, mask masks. Uh, I don't know what I never played Breath or not Jesus. I have played Breath of the Wild, haven't beat it. Uh, never played Death of Death of the Wild. Wow. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> the Skyward Sword. I never played Skyward. Oh yeah, Sword. no, me neither. Uh, I'm actually excited to play that. Um, but yeah, so in the candles, uh, the candles are essentially just magic and also can light up dungeons. So, um, I mean, magic makes a, an appearance later on in the series, but not. Not to a huge extent for how fantasy based this game is, um, but a fun note, uh, or fun I guess. Uh, yeah. The enemies, uh, Zora, they're an enemy. They're the main water yeah. enemy. Uh, which this is, I think, their only game that makes, or th- their only appearance in the Zelda games where they're like enemies, which I found interesting that they later on made them like a friendly, friendly creatures. Species. Yeah, and again, I could be mistaken, but I think there is a like evolved form or maybe a de-evolved form of the zora that are enemies in a later game as well i believe because um, i know like they have the the bird version uh, i forget what the name of that race is but i'm pretty sure they came from the zora evolved from the zora um now they're not enemies either and at least in breath of the wild but I, i'm just saying i know that there are like races evolve and change over time in the different zelda games because a lot of them are spread apart by hundreds or thousands of years yeah um yeah so for anyone listening uh the reason we haven't jumped into the story is because like we said earlier uh there really isn't one um yeah you only go from dungeon to dungeon that is the story right you go to dungeon dungeons... one two three four five six seven eight and then you go to the last dungeon dungeon nine and kill ganon like yeah and the dungeons aren't wildly different um after the first two if you follow them in order uh the third one gets a little more difficult but i mean the enemies change but they it's not like later games uh honestly like the layouts so they all they're all they're named i don't know if the the manual had the names um in it but uh they are named and they kind of resemble what whatever their name is yeah just Um, a little bit barely yeah yeah barely (laughs) (laughs) like the first one's an eagle i don't know if that really looks like an eagle uh, the moon looks like a moon. The manji looks like a manji. Um, Let me ask though, what was your favorite dungeon? Because mm. I'll tell you, my favorite was probably dungeon, I th- want to say it was seven. Um, and just because six, if I'm remembering them correctly, I may have them a little bit off. But it's like, I'm pretty sure it's dungeon six has the first appearance of Wizrobes. And they are the worst enemy on God's green earth. Like, it is terrible i hate wizards with a passion they're the hardest thing to dodge in my opinion they take so much fucking health from you they're just ridiculous i hate those enemies you know who i really hated and it wasn't even like a like a dungeon enemy 
I hated the Zor the Zora. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, I a lot of people seem to really them. hate them, but I don't know. I never really minded them that Bro, much. <laughs> in the in the first like twenty minutes of playing, making it to the first dungeon, I got it was the them, and then I think there were Octoroks by the mm-hmm. like the shore, and oh my yeah. god, I got demolished within like my first <laughs> like twenty minutes of playing. If um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it's hard to the dungeons don't have a lot. Of differences like enemies uh change but the game also reuses bosses towards the end as well um they make them they do change them a little bit they make them a little bit harder um i never really found the bosses being overly difficult really um if anything the game I, what i found the most difficult was only being able to move in four directions uh <laughs> That was probably my biggest irk. Maybe not an yeah. irk, but like that was definitely something to overcome, I guess. Because I, sure. I, I always yeah. want to move diagonally, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> um, that didn't really bother me. Maybe it's because I'm I'm a bit older than you, so I grew up with more old school games than 74. you. But I, honestly, yeah, that doesn't really bother me very much. It irks me a little bit, but uh, but yeah. So you have those dungeons. Uh, they don't give you any indication on where to go. Uh, I will say I have the uh, Zelda Enc- Zelda Encyclopedia, which yeah. gives me a uh, general area of where they are. Doesn't tell me how to get in them or anything. It just has kind of a number listed next to them. I did use that. I won't lie. Uh, <laughs> I, I use the I I tried to use I use the manual that it comes with. I did use that pretty heavily, um, but I tried to minimize the use of like guides and maps and things like that outside of that. Um, I only I, no, I did, I did check it a couple times, especially when I got to the final dungeon because that I just that dungeon I was so huge. lost. Yeah, it's uh, huge. It's There's like multiple the... underground paths you got to go to to get to Ganon. Um, and I I can't quite remember. I'm pretty sure I actually did find my way to Ganon, but I didn't find either one of the secret fucking items, which is the the final ring and the silver arrow in that dungeon. So I ended up using the guide to get those before I went and fought Ganon because I tried to fight him and I just got my fucking ass kicked and I couldn't remember <laughs> if you had to have the silver arrow or not. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Ganon dungeon is probably probably the size of all the other dungeons combined. Uh, it's yeah. quite huge. Um, so yeah, it's so very the, large. the base dungeons actually aren't that huge. Um, like I said, they're they're all base closed kind of to the shape that they're named after and uh they all actually if you intertwine them they make a rectangle uh apparently that yeah which i save... didn't know yeah yeah apparently that you was were just telling save... me that before the show yeah. i had no idea apparently that was to save space or something with the nes it just helped out yeah it makes sense um, because the map would have been like one big square so instead of having wasted tiles that were just empty they would have uh filled it all in by making all the dungeons kind of fit together like puzzle pieces makes yeah, sense it was a it, never knew that yeah it's quite interesting because uh the way that they came up with the overworld and at least the dungeon like block out uh they did it all on graph paper um, oh not yeah i mean that so, makes sense yeah so yeah so like in the encyclopedia it shows like a rectangle and they just colored out like squares and blocked it out and i guess that's I guess they might have had how... like an image in their mind and they just kind of puzzled yeah. it together. Um, I know that's how they did a lot of their early sprite work too, was just draw it out on graph paper and then give it to the 
uh, programmers and they had to basically translate it from graph paper into an NES sprite. So it makes sense that they would do the dungeons on graph paper as well. Yeah, and and the entire like I said, the entire overworld. Yeah, the entire world map. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they would they would just write like level eight where they thought like the level should go and whatnot. Um, That's another thing to note though is some of the levels how well hidden they are, right? Because like level eight, for instance, you just brought that up. It's just a random ass bush, and there's basically no. Hint. Yeah, there's no indicator. Like yeah anything i i mean I there's genu- probably i know there's a couple like old ladies that you can pay for hints so if you pay one of them the right amount maybe they give you a hint or something i don't really oh, know another I, uh quick tidbit was that i i saw someone say that in the 80s and they ran it for a while you could call nintendo and they yeah, give you hints it was on the back of like every cartridge yeah uh yeah so they'd give you hints for legend of zelda because i can't imagine it this game had to have been like off like not awful but like it it had to have it's been very hard long. to find things yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it um, um but yeah so like level eight was really hard to find is what i was saying it was just like in a random bush in the middle of nowhere that you had to burn down which i mean by the point that you get to level eight you should know pretty well to try to burn, burn a bunch anything. of random things and whatnot yeah, but still, just a random bush. It's not like one that's sticking out even. It's just like one in the middle of a path. So, I mean, it's you see one bush in the middle of a path, like completely blocking off the path. You kind of know to burn it. Like, you get that idea, but at the same time, like, it's just a random bush out of thousands of bushes that you could burn down. Um, level, I think it's seven. You have to uh, play a flute in front of, like, a, a dead fairy fountain type of deal. So that was interesting pretty well hidden there level nine ganon's level was actually one of the easier ones to find in my opinion because one they put a massive arrow <laughs> on the manual map uh, just like in rocks just like pointing left so you just go to that location and then go directly left and then you're at they call it spectacle rock and that actually is one of the hints you get is that there's a secret in spectacle rock or ganon's in spectacle rock some shit like that so ganon was actually pretty easy to find in my opinion uh, yeah, I have no comment on that because I <laughs> I used, used the manual the encyclopedia. or the yeah. encyclopedia, which <laughs> yeah. has it all nicely lettered for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. the uh, the manual that it comes with doesn't come with that information. It comes with uh, roughly three quarters of the overworld map, and then it comes with the first two dungeon maps. Why is it missing? Pretty much it. Part of the map. I think they just didn't want to show you the entire map. I think is all they wanted to give you some stuff to explore and figure out yourself. And then they also say, you know, to draw your own map as you explore and things oh, like that. So interesting. I um, mean, that was a thing with like old school RPGs back in the day and whatnot too, is you usually didn't have a full in-game map system. You usually just had to draw your own as you were playing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not 300 years old like you. No, well, I mean, it wasn't much <laughs> of a thing in my time either. I'm just saying it was a thing. Like, yeah, no, 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 I got you. Um, another side note that was really interesting. Everyone knows the opening theme of Legend of Zelda. Oh yeah, famous. yeah, Koji Kondo masterpiece. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were actually going to use a uh, a piece from a classical composer uh, that I think was already like kind of well known. Yeah. Uh, and right before the release of the game, uh, they realized that the music's copyright didn't run out until a month after uh, the, <laughs> the game release. was going to release. So Koji Kondo <laughs> Perfect, had to yeah. make it in one day. He made it. Nice. And, well, I mean, yeah. he's he's just a genius. Koji Kondo is. He's he made so many on memorable pieces. So Mario too, didn't he? 
Probably. I, I, I know he did a lot of did. things for Nintendo. I don't know what all he worked on off the top of my head. Nintendo but seems I mean, to be I, quite a uh, like tight-knit group. You see a lot of familiar faces across all yeah. their Yeah. Well, I mean, when games. you have somebody that good, like uh, Miyamoto or Koji Kondo or somebody like that, uh, you're going to use them for as many projects as you can. Nintendo I mean, just slaps them on everything. They want that. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I can't blame them. They're, they're both fucking amazing. Miyamoto made so many great games that still hold up to this day. Koji Kondo made some of the most memorable music in video game history. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, so you used the, the guide. How how easy was it for you? Because like, I know that I still struggle with the game. Like, even if i had a guide i'm just not very good at this game i'll admit Me i still struggle with it so like as i was playing through it i i don't remember how many deaths i had exactly i want to say it was roughly 32 or something like that wow that's um, a very specific number what's that so that was a very specific number oh well i mean i might not be exactly 32 i'm just saying roughly around there somewhere um do you like do you die a lot too do yeah. you have a lot of issues oh, with yeah. it yeah i died like i know you say you're not very good but like you're probably millions of times better than i am I, like i said i <laughs> i died within the first like five minutes because of zora and an octorock like <laughs> pinned me with oh, projectiles God. um all of my gameplay is up on youtube or at least will be up on youtube so you can see how bad i am i <laughs> i got hit by those guys so many times too i'm not gonna lie it's just i don't know they didn't kill me very much at least um, the first two dungeons are like you can do within like a half hour so you get two heart pieces right there and then there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of uh hidden stuff i went through yeah that watched... you can just do with bombs and yeah you just the bombs or just the candle is all you need to unlock half of the over half of the hearts in the game yeah i ended up watching a uh a 100 like completion playthrough and oh my i didn't realize there were so many uh like just hidden stuff yeah it's just hidden I'm everywhere i'm pretty sure I got all of the hearts, and I'm pretty sure I got all of the items. How many hearts are there total? 20 total. Wow. Like, you fill up the bottom row and top row. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you get about half of them from... Uh, you get, what, eight of them from dungeons. Yeah. And then you get uh, two of them from... Like, you get a pick whether you want a potion or a heart piece. And then the rest of them are just, like, bombable spots and things like that that you unlock. So... It's really interesting. Um oh that's the other thing i was looking at the uh concept art for a yeah. lot of the characters so like i mean it's it's 1980s pixel art so they're quite basic but they're yeah, kind of, of they're kind of cute like some of them yeah. uh <laughs> the concept art for this game everything is like demonic looking really like the moblins oh my lord are they like not nice looking <laughs> <laughs> so and do it, they look anything like what they look like now or are they no. just completely different because like the moblins in breath of the wild are like kind of huge they kind of have like a uh like an anteater snout kind of um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me pull up just so i can describe the moblin uh artwork for while you're doing that um do they have any of like the names for any of the creatures or anything like that that's one of the things me and our buddy john was talking about where some of the names for these creatures are just really weird like rope and for the snake-like people like who the fuck calls them a rope <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing that was just really like they probably didn't have a lot of money or care for translation yeah and that's my thing too that's one of the things me and him talked about was uh 
I feel like it was probably a lot of old video games. They just had like a spreadsheet of words in Japanese, and then they just gave it to a person and said, "Okay, give us whatever this word means in English." And, and the other probably, column, it probably was like even, no context or pictures or anything. Yeah. Not only that, it probably wasn't like I don't know who the translator was, but it might have not been a great translator, and they might have just did like a literal translation. Well, and that's that's the thing. A lot of times they had to do a literal translation because they weren't given pictures of where this word would be seen they weren't given yeah. context of when this word would be seen so they would just be given a word and have no idea that because one japanese word can be translated to like you know five different things in english how the fuck were they supposed to know they did yeah, it so exactly. they just gave a literal translation i feel like that's probably what happened with like the uh the rope and uh i don't remember what the bats are called but i think they have some stupid name too and just yeah the uh oh god what are they called i know what they're called like later on uh what the, what, the what do they look like the bats they're keys oh, oh okay okay I, I didn't know if you were talking about the bats or a different enemy no uh now in the the manual do they have like the enemies with their names and whatnot most of them not all of them but most of them okay what are the little fox looking dudes that jump around do you do, are their name in there in the encyclopedia uh, i know the bugs fox dudes the bugs there's bugs the tech what types. Are the bugs they're not really bugs is tech that what you're types. calling the fox looking dude because the tech I don't types. Know. they look like they look like foxes they have like pointy ears and uh oh. faces and they just hop around that's all they do fucking... and they're just a face they don't have any body fucking poles is that what they're called poles yeah I had no idea what they were called. I was calling them fennec foxes because I had no idea what the fuck they were called. And they they kind of looked were, like, like just like a goop with ears and whiskers. <laughs> they were like the worst enemy, in my opinion. I hated them so much. I hate, I hate like anything that bounces. Like yeah, because it's just so un yeah yeah. It's just they were unpredictable where they were gonna go and what they were gonna do, and they took like a million hits even with the magic sword. They were just terrible despise um, them the only thing i hate worse than them is wizard robes <laughs> i don't like i wasn't a big fan of wizard robes in uh breath of the wild so they didn't bother me as much in Bre to be honest i don't even remember wizard robes in breath of the wild uh wizard robes are the only way that you can get the magical uh like staffs they do i honestly circles. don't remember <laughs> oh my lord it's Wizards been so long since i played breath of the wild now yeah i don't enemy. remember uh, another uh, thing, I don't recall Lionel's being in any other Zelda game. And granted, Besides I Breath played of the Wild. Breath of the Wild and this, and one. this game, yeah. Now, um, are they both Lionel's? The, so there's the ones in the dungeons with a, with a shield and a regular sword, but then there's the ones on the overworld map that shoot like a master beam or master sword beam at you. Are they, are they both Lionel's? Or? So so the there's two Lionel's in the overworld. There's the blue yeah. and red. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I recall, red is all. Most of the enemies have a blue and red version. The red's always easier, and then the blue is yeah. There's harder. the easier and the harder version. But um, what I'm saying is, in the dungeon, there's a completely different form that can also be found in a red and blue color. But they have uh, just a sword and a shield, and they don't shoot at you. They just walk around. Are, yeah, I don't know if those are considered Lionels. I don't know either. But they have the same sort of like body, so I I just yeah. kind of assumed they were also Lionels, but I didn't know why. Like one would shoot and one wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't know if maybe it said something in the encyclopedia about it. That's all. Um, my favorite enemy name is the. Uh, they look like knights with. Yeah. Uh, like heavy knights with the shield and whatnot. Dark yeah. nut. 
Dark Knight. Now maybe that's the one that I'm talking about. Then, Uh, but they mm, have like a horse body. mm, These look similar to like no, these look just like armor clad like Templars. Armor clad Templar. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. They also have a blue and red version. Dark Nut. Uh, uh, Zelda NES. Zelda NES. Images. Let's see. Yeah, no. To me, these look like horses, dude. You to thought me. that like, was from that the back. Was... From the back, I guess not so much. They're like armor clad warriors. Like, I don't know. Like from the front. From the front, they look extra wide and like they're long from the front. The front sprite. So, well, I mean, from the like, like side sprite armored. and back sprite, I can see that it's a cape, obviously. But yeah, no, to me, they always look like fucking uh, Lionel Richies, dude. And <laughs> Lionel so, Richies. Yeah, that's what I call I them. I found this game uses a lot of, like, imagery of crosses. It, it reminds me, like, everyone just looks like it's, like, a Templar, like, medieval. I don't know why they did that with a lot of stuff. It's mostly in the, uh, the like, concept art, like, Link's. Yeah, uh, shield has like a cross. The dark. Well, I mean, and that was a thing that they took out a lot, bringing it to America. Um, but Nintendo in general, in their Japanese versions of the games, that was fairly common to have. Yeah, Nintendo religious seems themes to and whatnot. Cut out any religious anything. When it Nintendo of America, yeah. Nintendo of yeah. Japan, completely different. But Nintendo of America, yeah, they always um, avoided that shit. Yeah, it was interesting because it was like the only like kind of symbolism of like the real world as opposed yeah, to yeah, the fantasy Zelda world. Um, but yeah, those dudes look like Templars, especially with their cross shields. I can kind of see it now that you brought it up, but I don't know why. To me, they always look like horse dudes. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, the first boss, Dodongo, was just a straight-up dinosaur. Yeah, pretty much. Why? Yeah. Why not, man? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Their first boss, and they're like, let's make this thing a dinosaur. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I mean, so you're making fun of the game, but this is like the most influential game of all time, or one of the top like three. So, you know, the apparently dinosaur. dinosaurs are in, dude. Apparently. Let's wrangle this thing by the horn. <laughs> Link thought to himself. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot more to talk about with Legend of Zelda. Yeah, uh, not really. I mean, like, was there anything you didn't like about the game? Mm, I mean, nothing, like, truly... Like, I I don't know how to word it. I had a couple gripes. Nothing nothing major, but I did definitely have some gripes. Uh, like I said, the dungeons being really hard to find, some of them. That was a bit annoying. Uh, I know it wasn't common for the time, but it would have been really nice if there was a map system of some sort. So, like, once you explored an area, if it would have stayed on your overworld map. Because they do actually give you an overworld map, but it's just blank. It's just completely blank. All it does is show a flashing light for what section you're in. But it doesn't give you any context for if you're in the mountains, if you're in the forest, if you're in the, the graveyard or whatever. Just no hints at all there. So... It would have been nice if it filled it out a little bit for you. Um, some of the enemies just take too many hits, even with the maximum upgraded sword. It was just kind of annoying for some of them. Like I said, the Fennec Fox-looking dudes, whatever the hell they're called, they just, I don't know, they, they're not necessarily that hard, other than the fact that they're kind of unpredictable, but they just take so many hits to kill. And that kind of irked me, I guess. It just got annoying after a little while dealing yeah. with them. Um, 
I mean, for how old the game is, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't. Yeah, think don't get me might... wrong. It's still a masterpiece yeah. of a game. It is still think... great. It looks pretty decent, even after all this time. It's a great, great game. It's just there are just little things they could have done to make it a lot better, though. Yeah, I don't think any of my. I don't. I don't know how to word that. I don't think any of my gripes can really be kind of brought up because the game was made in 1986. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. mean, regardless of how long ago it was made, I think it's still valid. Oh yeah. You know? um, I mean, it's good to look at things. Sometimes it's good to look at things as if it were new. I definitely agree with that as well. But like, uh, if you were playing it at the time, I guess I mean. But I mean, things change, things evolve, and those are certainly some little things they could have done that would have kept the spirit of the game. I feel. Yeah. But I wish really improved quality of life at the same time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but I wish it. W- I mean, I don't want it. I I didn't want it to be handholdy, but I wish if it was a bush that needed burnt, it wasn't so like not. Yeah. I didn't want to have to go around burning like, everything. Yeah, and, like, I had the guide, so, like, thankfully, I... Wasn't that bad for you? But, but like, I can imagine how awful that would have been for, like, you. It is. Like... <laughs> it's pretty, well, uh, thankfully, I remembered a lot, actually, um, as far as, like, where things were and whatnot and kind of what areas. There were a few times where I had to, like, go back and forth. So, with the base candle, you can only light one thing on fire uh, until you leave the screen, and then you can light one more thing on fire. So there were a couple times where I had to go like back and forth a few times to finally hit the right bush. But for the most part, I did remember where a lot of things were. Um, and then I had the manual map, which doesn't show you where any of the secrets are, but I was able to kind of look at that and figure out where a lot of things were. So it wasn't that bad as somebody who played it before, but I will say the first time that I played this game and beat it, I used a manual for like 80-90% of it. Because <laughs> like, uh, it's just, yeah. So for me, like, I'm okay with them not kind of giving you a hint of where the things are, like the just the regular run-of-the-mill secrets, but I do wish they would have done, like, a burn mark if you tried to burn the bush before and it failed. It would have been nice if it kind of just showed you that, hey, you already tried to burn this area, or if you tried to blow up a wall, it would have been nice if there was some sort of mark. But, I mean, I understand there were so many, like, memory limitations and everything like that, but it's still, it would have, it's just another quality of life thing that would have really helped out as you're exploring trying to find secrets and whatnot to be able to just see at least i looked here before right yeah so that's Um, another little thing that i would have liked to see one last uh small thing for me uh Mm -hmm. i found it weird uh so Dodongo and the second boss which is like a dragon looking thing uh they're they're quite like their resolution is like consistent uh the one he like it's his angle is weird he's like looking down at you he's like a he's like a he's also like a green like he almost looks like a seahorse but he has multiple <laughs> okay, heads he sure. comes back again later on and he has yeah more, like another head i'm pretty sure all the bosses make at least two appearances um i'm pretty sure yeah but he comes back with an extra head is what like oh he, yeah yeah do you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah i know what you're talking about. he i swear to god his resolution is a lot higher than all the other bosses it looks very inconsistent I don't he think He moves really so, smooth, too. Because they didn't really have the option on the NES of doing multiple resolutions, I guess resolutions, not. Right? A sprite was just a sprite size. It just like, looks... Maybe it's just the way so. that they illustrated him looked a lot better, I Maybe. Guess. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, but I mean, he, I certainly didn't notice it, but... He moves... Yeah. I like the way he moves, too. He moves really smooth, but... Um... But, yeah. 
uh, I think that's it for me. I don't think I have much more. Uh, do you want to plug your other podcast that you do? Sure. So uh, I do just one more level with myself and our buddy John, um, where we don't finish games most of the time. We usually just kind of play a little bit of them and decide whether it's something that we would want to play more of if it's worth playing for just one more level. Hence the name. Um, we also did Legend of Zelda over there. We put it out. Uh, we go out on Mondays. So it was this last Monday that we put it out. Um, so about a or sorry, Wednesdays. This podcast yeah, goes, this out podcast goes out on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> my bad so about a week ago we put it out um so you can kind of get our opinions on the legend of zelda there um if you want to hear a little bit more about what we thought how did uh how did john like it john played zelda oh before? yeah yeah so he had never beat it before but he had played it a little bit his first hour was so lost and confused that he ended up <laughs> looking a guide and he uh but after he looked up the guide he ended up playing another three hours of it Oh, wow. So once he had the guy to help him out, he really enjoyed it. But yeah, he was so lost in the first hour that he was about to just give up. But he really wanted to push through for the podcast, and he ended up loving it. But yeah, yeah, it's a little rough. It's a little rough in the How beginning. How far did he make it after three hours using the guide? Sure, made it I, far. I think he finished the fourth dungeon. I think he said maybe fifth. He was roughly halfway through the game, three hours with a guide. Um, but the beginning of the guide had that he was using had you go around and collect like all like of the secrets on the map guide. and things like that. So he spent a fair amount of time, like the first hour or two or whatever, just collecting everything. Yeah. Before he started doing the dungeons. Honestly, if you just rush dungeons, the dungeons don't take a long, super long amount of time. So. Yeah, um, I mean, my first time... So the first hour that I played of the game, I got the first, like, almost three dungeons complete. I got the first two for sure, and I think I was almost done with the third before I gave up. And then it only took me total about six hours, something like that, seven hours to beat the game. And that was just barely using the guide. So, yeah, yeah not that bad. Um, Yeah, I, my first night I only played like 45-ish minutes, and yeah. I had the first two dungeons done. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not. It's, it's really not doesn't super. get bad. There's a big difficulty spike about three quarters of the way through around like Dungeon Six, um, but I mean honestly, three, it's too. not that hard, you know. And every time you die in a dungeon, you respawn right at the beginning of the dungeon. Yeah, the dying. The only in this bad game, part is you only have three hearts. Yeah, so. the dying in this game though is a lot more uh, forgiving, forgiving than a lot of other games yeah. from nineteen to nineteen eighties. So yeah, because if you die in the overworld, you get spawned right back in the same exact place. Um, and then if you die in the dungeon, you get just spawn right back at the beginning. So. I thought if you died in the overworld, you always respawned at the starting position. That's what I said. Oh, like, it at the like starting, you said the same no, no, no. Place. no, 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 no. So. I meant that's what I meant. Like the same, yeah. No, I meant the starting position. It's oh, you it's, always respawn at the same place. That's what not, I meant. You respawn where you died. At. No, okay. not where you died. You. What would be the? I mean, I guess it would lower your hearts, but like, what would be the point? Of yeah, I mean, what would be the point of? Yeah, <laughs> it would make much sense. And the starting position is not in a bad position. It starts out almost smack dab in the middle of the map, so a pretty off, much, but, yeah. But yeah, uh, so that's the, where else can people find you out there, Austin? Uh, OptiJack anywhere. O P T E J A C anywhere. anywhere, anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Pornhub, Twitter. search them up. O P T E J A C. Oh yeah. Where can we find you at, Christian? <laughs> I confused myself there for a second. Um, me, I'm Stream. You can find me YouTube, Twitch, Twitter at Stream the Steam or Stream all the Steam, depending where you're looking. Um, and like I mentioned a little bit ago, we, I also have the Just One More Level podcast. You can uh, listen to me talk more about video games over there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
So uh, yeah. two weeks from now, we're going to uh, try and do Pokemon. Uh, Most Pokemon likely, yeah. Red and blue. Blue. Yes. No, I was yeah. Red say and green, blue. He seemed a little confused Japanese there. And... Uh, I'm playing red. You're playing blue. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And quite a long game. I don't so remember it being as long as it was, but last Roughly time I played it, 35, 45 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I played it, I was like six years old. So I read the original. That's not. That was what, like two, three years ago for you? Like fifteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so bringing up a lot of memories, though. But yeah, you uh, you picked my starter, sadly, that I used back then. Can't believe. Yeah. It. Well, I mean, whatever. Can't Get believe over. you. No, I got <laughs> He's the only starter. I've, so I'm. I started with uh, Bulbasaur this time around. Bulbasaur is the only person I never picked as a starter. And uh, after watching hate, Detective Pikachu, hate. man, he is so fucking cute in that movie. I just had to do it. Between never he's using him the before anime. and him being the about? cutest Pokemon alive, had to do it. Yeah, he's cute until he evolves, and he looks like fucking nasty. It's fine. You just never let him evolve. Problem solved. I, I guess. No, he's already evolved <laughs> for me, but like, <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. I guess that goes for all of them. They all kind of get, like... Bulbasaur the most, but they all kind of get into. Yeah, like, I mean Charizard doesn't look nasty so much. Not just, nasty. I he's mean, just big and like flaming. And Bulbasaur is yeah. like that too. Venusaur just gets, or Bul- not Bulbasaur. I was saying Squirtle. <laughs> uh, Blastoise is yeah. too bad, but Bulbasaur into Ivysaur and then Venusaur, and he just gets like he looks like he has like fucking like. He's gonna have like boils all over him. Nasty as fuck. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, smell kind of. He weird. is kind of based off of like a frog, isn't he? Like a like mix a frog of a frog plant. and yeah. So I mean, I'm sure so everybody's seen what Venusaur looks like before. So yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to be beating a dead horse when we play. But po- I mean, I guess we have with Legend of Zelda too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people have never played or at least finished the, the original, original Legend of yeah. Zelda. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I guess you know, the same. And same with Pokemon as well. A lot of people got their start in Pokemon younger. with Heart or Gold and Silver, or later. I mean, people like around our age, a lot of them got started with Gold and Silver. I um, first and like then, of course there's Pokemon. people younger than us that yeah. started much later, like Diamond and Pearl and shit. Uh, that was when my that was my true first like era of Pokemon. Which one? Diamond and Pearl. That was when yeah. I was like in my Pokemon phase. I played, yeah. but you guys growing up. I mean, I had all the played, other games. Yeah, and shit, of course, that was yeah. my first like new game that came out when it like hit, like I uh, hit the like perfect age for it. So yeah. I can't wait to play Diamond and Pearl. That'll definitely be my yeah. No, I'm excited for that too. Because uh, Diamond and Pearl is kind of when I stopped. Black and White though is the ones I'm probably most excited for because those are the only ones I've never beaten. See, so, black other and, than like spinoff titles, but I I think I beat the original Black and White, but. uh that was when I was like exiting my phase of like yeah. watching like the anime and like getting a little yeah too, yeah like, a gotcha. bit older than all that. So like I kind of don't fondly remember black and white too much. Cause <laughs> it's kind of a drag at the time for me, but sure, I, I enjoy sure. Pokemon now, so I'll, I've definitely enjoyed playing it, I, especially the sequels to them. So, but yeah, so uh, yeah, hopefully in two weeks on Monday, yeah, uh, October something. When will that be? October. Yeah, I got it right here. It is a Sunday, October, or sorry, October Monday. 5th. Sunday's uh, when we'll probably end up recording it, so. Yeah, so that yeah. will most likely be our Pokemon date, unless uh, one of us is too slow. And by one of us, I mean me. Yep. Um, <laughs> as as happened last week, or uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, we all got things week. going on in our personal lives and things. It happens sometimes, so. Yeah, 
yeah, so that's it. I'm surprised we were able to ramble for 47 minutes about a game with no plot. I mean, so. To be fair, over half of it wasn't even, a, or about half of it wasn't even about Zelda. Um, that's fine. And I will say, John and I rambled for about an hour uh, <laughs> with the, the first hour of this game. Um, now, there was a rant about cheese in the middle of it, so... Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, John... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give credit where it's due. Uh, John is a much better talker than me. He, uh, yeah, he, ramble, he's, he so. excels at talking. Better than both of us, by far. <laughs> yeah, John likes to talk about random shit, so... True. true. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's pretty much it. We've gone on for the past ten minutes or so about other games and Pokemon. stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I think that's all, folks. That's uh, that's it for me. Bye-bye. Yep, goodbye.